0: Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, Today I want to talk about an uh, alien abduction case that uh, I I didn't really know existed until just recently. uh, Thanks to uh, our good friends at Eyes on Cinema. Uh, They posted a a video from the early 2000s that involved the the parties involved in this abduction. Basically, uh, if this is true, if this was not a hoax, uh, then it looks like it was a botched abduction, abduction by aliens. And uh, I've pulled an article up. Uh, it's it's known as the Gundaya McKay Alien Abduction. It happened in October of 2001 in Australia. And uh, the abductee was a woman uh, named Amy Rylance. And uh, I'm going to read this article. This was actually, I, you could find this at ufocasebook.com. I will leave a, a link to this article so you can read it. Apparently this was a... I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it was uh, from a report that was filed by the Australian UFO Research Network at the time. Now, apparently, uh, there were witnesses to this abduction. Well, at least one witness to it, Um, and uh, the woman who was abducted didn't even have no had no idea what was going on. It's a very interesting case. And uh, I'm also going to, you know, we'll listen to some of the commentary from uh, the people involved as well as we go through this. But anyway, let's uh, read some of this article. It says, an extraordinary and controversial milieu has developed around events that reportedly began late on the evening of Thursday, October 4th, 2001, at a Gandaya property near Tayaro, culminating in the early hours of Friday, October 5th. 2001 and then played out in the glare of rapidly escalating media coverage three people were directly involved in these alleged events keith rylance 39 his wife amy 22 and their business partner petra heller 35 were on their property which was being developed as whispering winds winery other potential activities were also being developed at the location The following account comes from interviews conducted by us with them, along with primary source material, such as TV interviews. Keith Rylance told us that he had gone to sleep in the caravan bedroom at about 9.30 p.m. Petra retired to her bedroom in the caravan annex. Amy stayed on a couch watching TV in the caravan annex lounge room. Each of these locations were in close proximity, separated by a window and wall respectively, respectively from the lounge room. Petra's room had a a door leading to the lounge room which was left ajar the door to the bedroom where Keith was apparently was open to the lounge room Amy apparently fell asleep on the couch a storm was in the area around 11.15pm Petra was reportedly woken up and when she entered the adjacent lounge was confronted by an extraordinary sight that allegedly quickly overwhelmed her a rectangular beam of light was being projected through the open window of the caravan lounge room this light beam appeared to be truncated at the end Inside the beam, Petra claims to have seen Amy in a sleep-prone position, being carried out headfirst through the window. Underneath her, also within the beam, were the items that had been on the coffee table adjacent to the couch that Amy had been on. Before apparently fainting in shock, Petra saw that the beam was coming from a disc-shaped UFO hovering just above the ground a short distance away, near a tree tree at the rear of the clear section, immediately behind the annexed caravan house. Petra reports she believes she was only in a faint for a very short period of time. Regaining consciousness, she began screaming. Keith reports that he was awoken by the commotion coming from Petra as he came from the caravan bedroom and stepped down into the lounge room annex. Keith claims he was confronted by the sight of a highly agitated Petra and the contents of the coffee table on the floor in front of the window. He told us that he soon realized that the window screen was torn in both a vertical fashion and along the bottom of the window frame. Keith indicated that initially he couldn't get any sense out of Petra, who was crying and very agitated, so he rushed outside trying to locate Amy. She was reportedly nowhere to be found. Keith states that when he started to be less agitated himself, he was eventually able to get from Petra an idea of what happened. Keith claims he initially refused to believe what Petra was telling him. He said he rushed outside again, trying to find his wife. Eventually, as the situation became clearer, Keith indicates he decided to call the police. Keith called the Tiaro police around 11.40 p.m., reporting that his wife had been abducted and imploring that the police should come out. The status at the time meant that there were some delays in the police coming out, but about an hour and a half after the initial call, Senor Constable Robert Maranga from Tayaro and an officer from Maryborough arrived at the site. Initially, police thought they might have been walking into a situation involving foul play, even perhaps a murder scene. But then the b- bizarre circumstances of the alleged events came into focus. The two people, Keith and Petra, at the Gundaya property, were claiming that Amy Rylance had been abducted by a spaceship. The officers were struggling to keep an open mind. They were joined later by Sergeant John Bosniak, the officer in charge of the Tiaro police. He had been asleep when the police called him to assist in the investigation. Now, I'm going to skip through some of this. Uh, later on, they received a phone call. Uh, Keith did. And it was uh, a young woman... Uh, excuse me, uh, a woman was calling from McKay, which is basically 800, uh, excuse me, 500 miles away from where this where this happened, where this abduction happened, indicating that she had taken a somewhat distressed and apparently dehydrated young woman from a petrol service station on the northern outskirts of central Queensland, uh, city of McKay, some 790 kilometers to the north of the Gondaya-Tayaro area. So it would have been basically uh, close to 500 miles away. The young woman turned out to be Amy Rylance, and the female caller was ringing to advise that Amy was apparently all right and was at the McKay Hospital where she had been examined by a doctor. Keith handed the phone to the constable, uh, Marengna. Now, I just want to stop here for a second. Um, so so within 3 hours somehow this woman was now if this was it wasn't a hoax we we don't know really what happened here but uh if it was real Right, these people weren't hoaxing it, and there's no, there, n- this story was never resolved. There's really no end, it, it just ends the way it ends here. I mean, that's it. Nobody's gonna, you know, either you believe it or you don't. Either you believe what happened or you don't believe what happened. But these people apparently at the time were very serious. In fact, Amy Rylance signed an affidavit, a police affidavit stating exactly what she knew happened, what, as far as she knew what happened to her. Yeah, she signed, she, she explained to the police and she signed the. Uh, an affidavit stating what happened um, and basically what the statement indicated that she uh, the last, last thing she recollect, recollected was lying on the couch at, at, in the Gundaya property which was basically uh, about close to five, very close to 500 miles away from where she turned up three hours later uh, she had no recollection of the events that her friend Petra had described, but claimed that she was the next thing she remembered waking up on a on a bench in a strange rectangular room. An illumination came from the walls and the ceiling. She was alone. She indicated she called out and heard what seemed to be a male voice asking her to be calm and that everything would be all right and that she would not be harmed. Soon an opening appeared in the wall and a guy about six feet tall walked into the room. The man appeared to be slender in build but in perfect proportion, covered head to foot in a full-body suit. He had what seemed to be a black covering mask on his face with a hole for his eyes, nose, and mouth. He repeated his calming assurances. Amy felt she had been there a while. The guy told her they were returning her to a place not far from where they took her from because the lights were wrong at the property and it wasn't safe. She then indicates that she found herself lying on the bed and falling asleep. The next thing she recollected was that she woke up on the ground with trees around her. She felt disoriented, could smell the ocean, and indicated she was not sure how long she tumbled through bushland, but seemingly it was for a long time, but she felt she wasn't making much progress. She then came out onto a road that looked like a highway and saw a light from a petrol station. She walked into the station where staff where staff seeing her state, tried to offer some assistance. She accepted some water as she felt somewhat dehydrated. Initially, she was not able to answer identifying questions and didn't know where she was. She was also asked if she had been drinking or was on drugs, to which she said no. Amy indicated she felt tired, sore, drained, and lethargic. She asked the woman at the service station to take her to the hospital as she didn't know of where else to go. The woman and her friend took Amy to the hospital. Now, I now you have to listen to some of these uh we're going to I'm going to play uh you know some of the comments that were actually first we're going to play here, here's actually uh a local Australian TV station uh did a report on this at the time in 2001 and uh here's amy rylance at the time in her own words i don't remember being taken just like i don't remember being dropped off but i was asleep when it happened do you believe in aliens or ufos i do now i definitely do now (laughs) any physical evidence i have are the marks from from the, the tests that they did on me what sort of tests just um just getting kind of dna samples and they didn't do anything bad to me so it it was wholly a good experience from my point of view and now here's uh amy's friend petra heller explaining you know what she's experienced in her own words i believe in it now because i've seen it and i know what i've saw i've seen amy in front of me on a beam of light being carried out of the living room window into a really huge ship outside no i don't drink i don't take drugs at all (laughs) i'm just a normal person so what was your reaction when you saw this what did you do did you reach out to help her no i couldn't i was shocked i couldn't believe it and i have i fainted and finally here is keith rylance explaining uh, what he, what, his experience was with this whole thing in his own words at the time. I freaked out completely. I went mental, running around, uh, screaming for her. But after I believed uh, um, Petra, which I, I did after about five minutes, I called the police. So it doesn't matter if we were all on hallucinogenic drugs and drinking, that still wouldn't put Amy it's 800 kilometers away. So these people seemed like they were telling the truth. I mean, you you, you hear their voices, uh, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you you could see their faces. They seemed like they were uh, they believed everything that happened. Now, of course. It's hard to prove something like this. Now, it's, at one point, there were some investigators that were trying to meet with them to talk, talk, uh, get more information from them, but they were having trouble because the the three of them were afraid apparently, uh, because it seemed like there was somebody chasing them around uh, in some sort of a, a truck, um, and uh, it was something like a men, uh, men in black kind of uh, situation. And that's all we know. I mean, and they never—I guess—they never went talked about this publicly again. It just went on went went underground, as far as we know. Uh, It, you know, when you hear them speaking themselves, it doesn't seem like they're lying. Uh, It seems like they're, you know, concerned. But I mean, here's the problem. You know, something like this. The only proof that she had was that she turned up, uh, you know, 500 miles away. Uh, Now, there were some reports at the time. Some people tried to tell the so somebody told the police, contacted the police at the time and said that they saw Amy Rylance uh, in that area where she turned up uh, before the alleged abduction occurred. But there was never any, uh, anything ever came out of that. I mean, who knows who made that call, who who made that statement to police. I mean, she signed an affidavit at the, at the time uh, explaining what, as far as what she knew happened, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it seems believable. It seems like it could have happened. So let's work, let, let's if this is real if this was a real occurrence now it's hard to believe 2001 it's uh, it's basically over 20 years ago now um if this indeed happened what 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 can we say about this it sounds to me like it was a botched alien abduction somebody uh within that alien group that uh kidnapped her screwed up somehow somehow the uh that her friend Petra wasn't supposed to wake up and see this going on. Uh, usually, in alien abduction cases, what happens is uh, anybody who's uh, around uh, a person who's about to get abducted somehow they get shut off like a light switch. Apparently, Petra did not get shut off like a light switch. Uh, momentarily, she passed out after she saw her friend getting, uh, you know, uh, floated out the window. Now, of course, I'll leave this article here so you could uh, check it out for yourself. But to me, this sounds like, uh, uh, you know, if, in fact, it wasn't a hoax, uh, you know, nothing ever else. We don't know anything else after what after this, you know, whatever happened after this. no, Nobody ever stepped forward and said, oh, it was a big joke. I mean, like, why, though? Why would anybody pull a stunt like this? Right? And then why would they go underground after doing? I mean, again, this Amy Rylance at the time signed a statement to the police telling them what as far as she knew what happened to her if she, if if she would have done something like that, that would have been that would have been a crime to do that if it didn't happen. But apparently they all, uh, they all believed what, what happened. And, and of course, you, you listen to them all speaking. You know, if you, you listen to that, uh, that old uh, newscast with them talking about this, it seems like they were telling the truth. It's, they seemed like they were believable people. And it seemed like they were part of something that was incredible that happened. Maybe these uh, the men in black situation scared them and decided made them decide, hey, let's just uh, forget about this. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I, you know, just recently I was talking in one of my podcasts about how, uh, uh, you know, David M. Jacobs, uh, the, the retired Temple University professor who, uh, you know, conducted uh, over a thousand different uh, hypnotic regressions with different. Uh, Uh, people who claim to have been alien abductees did over a thousand of these things. And and he came to the conclusion and and reported these conclusions in his, uh, his book from 2015, Walking Among Us. uh, And we were just talking about that recently. He he concluded that, that, uh, that, these, some of the hybrids, some of the alien hybrids uh, are, are considered are security hybrids. Uh, they're enforcers. They, they you know, they, they try to cover things up. Uh, you know, they try to tell people, you know, do they do things, they control people. Somehow, telepathically, some certain people, uh, uh, like if certain people know something they they, they want them to be quiet. They don't want that stuff to go out to the public. So they'll 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 threaten them, they'll intimidate them. And who knows? God knows what else they'll do do to them uh, uh, just to make them uh, shut up so they don't tell the public what they know. And maybe that's what happened here. Who knows? Then again, it could be a hoax. I, I guess we'll never know because nothing. If you, uh, I've searched the I've, for the last uh, week here, I've been searching the internet trying to find different uh, follow-up to this, but there really is none. There's nothing ever. That was it. I mean, they they appeared on TV. There wasn't an, uh, an investigation by this Australian UFO uh, organization, and the investigation came to an end, and it doesn't, and it doesn't seem like there was any more information that, that came forward out of this all we have is uh that's those initial statements from these people apparently they, they didn't try to make any money off this or anything like that they just you know disappeared uh they didn't talk about it anymore and maybe that's the way they wanted i guess uh you know that's a tough thing to deal with it would be a tough thing i mean actually there was if, if in this interview in this news report there was one part and i'm not gonna even gonna put it on and it's not worth it but there was a cop that one of the people that was investigating this and he was every. They, he couldn't even answer any questions because he thought it was a total joke, and he was laughing. It was very embarrassing, very embarrassing. But again, it's that that is a that that the, the, that person laughing that that uh, police officer laugh, laughing at this whole story at the time. That's that's a you know that goes to show you how stigmatized uh, this whole topic is. Like people, like most people, just can't accept it. To them, it sounds. Completely silly because governments of the world have made it sound silly. Uh, Of course, that's starting to change now. But at that time, you know, 2001, people were, you know, people would laugh at it and think it was silly. A lot. Most people, Um, again, it's that's starting to change now. But again, this is one of the. Uh, if this really happened, it, it seems to me like it was a botched alien abduction. Some somebody on the abduction end of this, the aliens, obviously screwed up because uh, the, the the people, the other people in that house, were never supposed to be alerted, and obviously that's why they would have dropped her off 500 miles away because they couldn't take her back. By the time they were done with the abduction, they couldn't take her back, obviously, because uh the people that the other people in the house were awake, contacting the cops, the police were showing up, so that's why they couldn't drop her off there so it if that story if the story is true um but it's a very interesting case and one that i'm surprised i didn't i didn't hear about before anyway we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back okay we are back um, recently uh, there was some incredible pictures of a flying saucer captured in Mexico uh, a series of pictures uh, th- uh, at least three of them and uh, they're all over Twitter there was there was an article that was published by the Sun and uh, these are amazing pictures probably some of the, you know some of the best pictures I've ever seen of a flying saucer. Uh, and it doesn't appear that they're they're hoaxed, although there there are some people out there that tried to pretend it was a hoax, and we'll get into that too. But anyway, here is an article that appeared in the Sun on September fifth, and the headline reads: "Stranger Things: Incredibly Clear Photo Shows 50 Foot Disc Shaped UFO Emerging from Storm Before Vanishing into Space." <sighs> An incredibly clear photo allegedly shows a disc-shaped UFO estimated to be about 50 feet across emerging from a storm before vanishing into space. A series of images showing the round silver object have caused a stir after they emerged in Mexico and were shown on national news TV. Car mechanic Juan Manuel Manuel Sanchez took the UFO photos, which went viral after he shared them on his Facebook. He claims he spotted the object while trying to take snaps with his mobile phone of an an approaching storm. The clear and high-resolution photos appear to show the saucer shape hanging in front of the dark clouds in the distance. But while the photos have caused a stir, it's unclear if it's a camera trick, a natural phenomenon, an elaborate hoax or a genuine sighting of a mysterious object. Juan, however, stands by his story and gave his account of the sighting outside his home in Valle Hermosa on August 17th to Mexican television stations. Station RDTV. His wife and one of his co workers also claim to have seen the mysterious saucer before it shot off into the sky towards space. The mechanic estimates the object was around 50 feet across and he believes it was around half a mile from his home. And he hit back at doubters who claim his photo is a fake, saying people had told him they think it was a hubcap or a pan lid. Juan said he was in shock when he first allegedly spotted the object, saying it wasn't fear, but something like astonishment. The mechanic said he is disappointed he didn't get a video, but as his camera was in photo mode, he simply took the pictures he could before the object vanished. And he claimed later that night he then saw lights in the sky and claimed others have told him they have had... Similar sightings in the area. Juan admitted he was worried about making his sighting public as he feared the stigma associated with UFOs. He told RDTV, It was right there above the house, above the cables. I got my mobile phone phone to film it because it was always a dream to see something like this this close the mechanic went on we were working here outside at the workshop when we saw some very dark clouds it was cloudy like it is now a bit more i wanted to film a video but my phone was on photo mode and i got the first picture when we started watching it it was in one place it wasn't moving and then as i got the second and third photo it started moving upwards when I changed my phone to video mode, it wasn't possible. As it was going away, I could see it more, the, disc, the shape of the disc. Juan lamented, it's sad I wasn't able to get a video. There are people who don't believe. They say it was a lid from a car or a pan of tamales. The authenticity of Juan's photo photos remains unclear, but he appears convinced he saw something in the sky. And it comes as UFOs are once again taking center stage across the border in the United States. Uh you can I again I'll leave the link for this article. Now there was some effort uh from debunkers to try to make this thing look like it was fake. I I completely believe this guy. I, these photos look incredible to me. This guy didn't fake it. Uh there has been some uh Uh, effort on reddit to make this guy look like a like a faker because uh because he had a previous interest in ufos that doesn't make him that doesn't mean this is hoax just because somebody has an interest in ufos and then you know finally gets to take a picture of one of them doesn't mean he's a hoaxer uh, there's a lot of people who are interested in UFOs, and then finally they get to take a, a picture of it. In fact, you know, in 1994, when I had my UFO sighting, unfortunately, I don't, I didn't, I didn't have a camera, right? But in 1994, I had already developed an interest in UFOs by the, when I saw it. Does that make that doesn't mean I'm telling a, a lie when I tell my story? And I had a witness with me, too. Just like this guy says he had two witnesses with him. There's no, re- there's no reason. I b- totally believe this guy. And I believe that these photos, which are incredible, uh, are real. And, uh, there, again, there was an effort. And there's a, here's another article. Uh, and this is from Vice. And I'll leave the, the link for this. It says, was this viral UFO photo a hoax generated by AI? Uh, and it says here, a mid-journey user claimed that they created the viral UFO hoax using AI, but the claim itself appears to be a hoax. Of course, of course, there's a people out there that don't want this to be real. And they don't like it. And if, if somebody comes out with, because this these pictures that this guy took, this these are among, in my mind, uh, what this gentleman took, these pictures that he took, uh, uh, th- these are among the best Pictures. I've still pictures I've ever seen uh, of a UFO. Uh, very clear. You could you could clearly see it. It does not look like a hoax whatsoever. Uh, again, the guy had witnesses. Uh, I, I believe. I completely believe Mr. Sanchez. Uh, I, I I do not think it was a hoax. But he did have people trying to uh, hoaxers who tried to uh, say it was a hoax. Uh, basically, and I'm going to read a little bit of this article. It says here, "An image of a metallic saucer. Sh- this is the article from Vice, by the way. An image of a metallic saucer-shaped object floating in the air has gone viral after it was first reported by a national Mexican TV outlet last week. But it was create, but was it created with an AI tool like Midjourney? This interview features Juan Manuel Sanchez, a car mechanic, speaking to reporters outside his home where he took the original photograph. He claims that." As he was photographing the clouds of an approaching storm, he suddenly realized there was a small saucer in the sky. And then later it says, now people are speculating whether or not he really saw this UFO by questioning why there weren't mo- more photos or a video of the sighting if it really occurred to, most fascinatingly, a man claiming that the image was generated Via AI. A Facebook user going by the name of Poncho posted in the group dedicated to Mid Journey AI, an artificial intelligence program that generates images from textual descriptions. Uh, he claimed that he had generated the image of the UFO using the software. So this guy came, f- this, uh, this hit. A pretend person this hoaxer online came forward saying that he made the picture the post ended up generating a lot of attention according to the article within the mid-journey group was which with over 800 likes and comments of about how ai is so powerful yet this post was quickly debunked by other internet users in, the su- in a subreddit, uh, R UFOs, a user named eStuffBay issued a PSA that said the image is not an AI-generated image. The confession is a blatant and poorly fabricated lie. Their reasoning was that MidJourney is not capable of adding renders to an existing image, referring to the UFO being on an image of a street that was confirmed to be real by the Mexican TV interview. Poncho made the mistake of including the description and job ID of the bot-generated image, because when users input either the keyboard's keywords or the job ID, the image was shown to be a completely different rendering of a UFO flying over a house. The image is a lot more surreal and the UFO looks like a large flying hut as opposed to a small metal saucer, motherboard asked Midjourney to generate an image using this prompt and came up with similar images. So, the hoax—the person who tried to say it was a hoax—was in fact the hoaxer. But that didn't stop the debunkers and non-believers all over Reddit. They—they they don't want to believe this, and that's again because it, when it, when when a picture like this is taken by a regular citizen, no matter which country they they hail from, uh, it, you're gonna it's gonna be attacked. That that's why it's so important. It's very important that we get stuff from our governments because then this way it becomes undeniable then, you know, but I believe this guy, I I believe Mr. Sanchez's pictures are authentic and, uh, you know, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, of course, uh, I will, you could check out the link and you could check out the pictures in the article, um, in the article, articles, actually, I will leave both links for it and I'll also have a video version uh, that you could check out um of this podcast that will also include the images but yeah i think this is a uh, w- w- very uh, uh very incredible images very incredible pictures that were taken by mr sanchez and uh uh some of the best so people complain all the time especially on twitter and reddit oh the pictures are always blurry these pictures are crystal clear Three these three pictures that Mr. Sanchez snapped with his cell phone, crystal clear, yes, i do i I agree with him. It's unfortunate that he didn't have video of it, but then again, maybe maybe not, I mean, sometimes you know how video pictures are you you shake you're moving the uh, yourself, people are moving their cell phones around, and it's hard, but I think if he would have had the video of this one, this was he was pretty close to this object, it probably would have been amazing to see um but i'll tell you what i'll live uh, i'll live with these these still pictures look pretty amazing um uh so it's yet uh, yet more proof added more fuel added onto the fire of of the of the reality that this planet is most certainly uh being or actually there's a presence here there's an extraterrestrial presence on this planet and this actually these images help to prove that uh reality